0: Hi, uh, my name is Fabian Baker. I'm the managing director of Kings Rose Mining. We're ASX listed. The company formerly operated the Waylingo gold silver mine in Indonesia, which left us cashed up with uh, today just under $28 million in the bank. The company's seen a complete reboot in the last year, um, overhauled board and management team with me coming in uh, over last year. And we've taken on new uh, acquisitions in Scandinavia, um, probably we think, the highest-grade PGE uh, exploration project globally.
1: Fabian, mean, good to see. I haven't seen you since Tethian days or Adriatic days. Um so new venture, exciting times. Uh, so when did all this kick off for you? Absolutely,
0: yeah. Well, when we we sort of wrapped up the deal with Adriatic, uh, who took over Tessian, um, I was involved in that transition. And then, um, well, this company, Kings Rose Mining, it's been around for quite some time. Um, operated the this this gold mine in Indonesia, which early in its mine life was the highest grade gold producer on the AFX, um, but. After about ten years production, 2020 mining came to an end, and if I'm honest, the company didn't really seem to have a very clear direction where to go next. So I was asked to step in um, and basically lead an overhaul of this business and a and a move back to exploration.
1: Right. Okay. So you, just, let's be clear about what what happened there is um, we're producing producing cash. What that that, that was the way Lingo project. What it just what you ran out of. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, the the it was coming to the end of the mine life anyway. A couple of geotechnical pit wall failures, etc., you know, accelerated the end of that operation. Um, and it 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 seemed that previously management sort of saw the writing on the wall and focused more on 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 eking profit out of that the end of that mine life rather than thinking about pipeline or developing those resources much further. So um, yeah, it came to an end, and at that point, I think uh, well, the company was trading at below cash uh, when I was asked to come in. So from my point of view, great opportunity to reboot this, but um, obviously the market had lost interest.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, so and obviously the shareholders, maybe well, some shareholders left, you know, high, high and dry. And I would say, so again, help me understand, because I, I want to be able to sort of understand, you know, um, how to make sense of this, because you could look at it and say, mm-hmm. I'm a very well cashed up. Expiration uh, story, or you could say, actually, the, the, the kind of track record of the company suggests they, they don't really know how to plan for the future. So w- w- what exactly happened in Indonesia?
0: Sure. Well, the mine was put into production back in 2010. And as I say, those early years, it was 14 15 grams Gold with a great Silver kicker, and it was producing Gold with the best margins on the AFX. and it was doing really well. But uh, as the mine life went on, um, the grades dropped, um, the pits got deeper and so the mind became a bit more challenged. So that, that's one side of it. And then, um, financial sort of challenges meant there was a lack of expiration, uh, expiration spend. Um, and, and, and so it, it came to that point, uh, since which there's been pretty much a complete overhaul of who's involved. Um, and so this new team doesn't really represent who was there at that point earlier. Um, so we, we, we came in. Um, this was led by our chairman, Mike Andrews, who's got a, 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 an exceptional track record, um, in Indonesia and then, and elsewhere. I mean, uh, more recently, he, he identified, um, the potential of Windfall Lake, which is now a Cisco mining. He, uh, he led his other venture into a 30% position there before it became a Cisco and, and so on. So, so we're a different team, um, and, when when I got in, we immediately re-established an exploration team there at Wailingo because the potential of the area is great. It it it's been in production for ten years. As I say, it was very profitable. So we we hit the ground running. We put a, a big team. We covered the entire property um, to assess critically from our point of view. Because I I am not so interested in putting uh, this back into production at fifteen twenty thousand ounces per annum because I don't think it will move the needle for our shareholders. So. So we, we looked at it critically, is there a nice high grade million ounces that is worth getting that back into production and being our focus going forward? We drilled some holes, we've hit some, some, some good numbers, so we expanded the resource. So we now have a 300,000 ounce resource at about six grams gold equivalent there. And we've made a new discovery that we're still drilling today, news on those results coming out shortly. However, in parallel, uh, we set up a team focused on M and A, looking for the next opportunity, um, which I'll talk about. And that that came to fruition with an acquisition in Scandinavia. And so we've made the decision that we're going to look to divest Lingo. so it's better suited to a local mining company who can put it into pr- production. So we'll top up our cash and look to benefit from a royalty once that's in production again.
1: Perfect. Okay, so that's what I wanted because there's this whole sort of, you know, geographic. An anomaly in the sense that you're small. To, it's 60 million market cap, right? I know you've got cash, but it's a small team. Working in different jurisdictions can be problematic. So that's going to be divested. Have you started that process? Because, yeah. because like I say, the yeah. scales doesn't feel big or significant. I won't move the needle, but. You, are you in discussions with people? Do we understand the sort of quantum yeah.
0: that that might be worth we're in discussions we've been running site visits for interested parties lately um, so that is well underway um, and we're hopeful that we can announce um, a transaction on that by the middle of this year and the quantum of this look it's not it's not enormous, but what what we're looking for is to is to build is to build on our cash position but then you know we still see a lot of potential in the project you know it's not only whether today it meets our threshold, we do see longer term a lot of potential. So we want to retain that exposure. So we're aiming to to bring in an entity who can put it in production effectively within the environment of Indonesia, which isn't an easy one for a foreign operator, um, and and look to benefit from a royalty.
1: Okay, um, so, so royalty plus cash. So what I'm hearing that's it. That's that's what we're looking for. Okay, that's and j- just in terms of kind of closing off what went before and what what now is, you're saying it's an entirely new. Team, so we're not. It's not a reboot of the company uh, with the, the with the same team. It's an entirely new team. The, ma-
0: the management is entirely new, and uh, there are and one or two of the board members have remained. The other four are, are, are recently introduced. So total total
1: overhaul. Okay, so we, we can put a, we can put a wall or close the door on on that. Let's look to the future. So uh, PGE. Scandinavia very very different from what's gone before. So um, you know this acquisition with Element Forty Six. Um, why did you go for that? Why does that tick all the boxes for you?
0: As I say, when I came into this, um, first of all, the way I saw it was it, this is the building blocks now for a new company, as you say, close the door on 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 that history, um, and we have the cash. We put in this great team, which I'll tell you a little bit more about. And then it was about making sure we secure the right assets. So we were, we were very diligent and, and systematic in, in working through what, what we were looking for. We, we prioritized from different regions of the world and the types of asset that we were looking for. And, and, and Scandinavia ticked a lot of boxes. I mean, in terms of ease of entry, um, us, me being based in Europe, um, the history, History of mining and, and successful mining operations, and then recent successes, the likes of Rupert on the gold side. You've got Anglo American, Sakati probably the best uh, nickel copper PGE sulfide target uh, of, in recent discovery. So it, it ticked all those boxes. We delved into the region, and uh, in fact, a good friend of mine, Andrew Dacey, um, had put together this small private entity. He had spent the last two years in and out of the region. Combing through the archives, and he put together this package of two projects, one in Norway called Porsanger, and then, uh, what is the flagship is called Pennycat in, in Finland. So Pennycat is a, uh, a very high grade, um, palladium dominant, so PGE with gold, nickel, and copper project. And honestly, the more, the more we looked into it, we did very thorough DD, the more encouraged we were, um, which doesn't generally happen that way um and so as as we worked through each step um we became more and more confident in the in the outstanding potential of that
1: of that project right okay and, and tell me about the team then because they're going to be fit for purpose um this is like a predominantly new exploration yeah. team is that yeah so Um, but maybe start with yourself, actually, because I'm not sure everyone will, you know, uh, understand or or know of your background. Start with you and then maybe talk about some of the team who are, you know, more active than others.
0: Sure. So I, I'm a geologist, um, from an exploration background. Um, I was the chief geologist with Lydian International. Um, that company discovered, well, and it was led and discovered by Tim Coughlin, who's also now on our board. So Tim discovered the Amelsar deposit. I was. I worked my way to chief geologist, and we took that from a, a rock chip, a completely grassroots discovery, to a five million ounce deposit with 140 million invested through to a feasibility study, and then it's gone on to um, to to be built out into into a mine. So, I, I come from a background in in exploration. I've seen projects through from 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 inception through to feasibility um, at Tetian. That was something I founded, focused in 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 Eastern Europe, and we put together a, a land package with some great um targets in in Serbia that was then acquired by Adriatic, And so working with me there as well was Andrew Tunningley, who's who's come on um since then with with King's Rose. Um, so he's now our head of exploration. Um, he's uh an incredibly talented uh and um capable exploration manager. So he's running running the show in terms of our our, our group exploration but then local to Scandinavia, we've brought in a chap called Peter Dodds, who uh, he was part of the Anglo-American team that discovered Sakati. He's British, but he spent the last 10, 12 years working in Scandinavia and Greenland. So he knows the area inside out. Um, and, and is really well placed to basically run our exploration. And it's been a focus on these PGE nickel copper deposits that, that, that he's operated on.
1: Right. Okay. And you've got money, obviously, which is, which is great. And actually tell me about the, the deal structure because you didn't appear to pay too much uh, cash, which is yeah. quite good. You know, it was a pretty good deal from our point of view. Um, we in total will be paying
0: uh, about 1.4 million Australian dollars. Um, and in total issuing about 6% of our share capital, um, for the acquisition. So in total deal value is about 4 million Australian dollars. Um, but it's staged. So we've paid about a third of it now and we're waiting on some drill permits to come through there. And once those come through, we, we pay the balance. So it's been, um, minimal cash outlay and minimal dilution. Um, but it's given us something really, really outstanding.
1: Okay, and obviously lessons from the past. I know your team wasn't involved in it, but lessons from the past. It's just, uh, will you be doing more M and A? Because this is early stage. Um, The 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 size of the deal would suggest that. The the data that you've got available tells us that. Um, So are you on the hunt for more transaction and uh, transactions? And if so, where in the world? Uh, We are. Yep. Um, We we still have the capacity to take on another asset, but we're going to be careful with that because.
0: Despite these looking early stage, I'll, I'll just tell you a bit more uh, particularly about Pennycat because there's a lot of historical information that tells us a lot about it. So, we want to be careful not to dilute our focus or uh, or divert too much of our capital away from uh, developing that potential. So, so we have this main project, Pennycat in Finland, we have a, another in Norway, which is a bit more conceptual, a little bit less well understood. So, so um, In addition to those two, we'll look to take on one more um, drill-ready asset, and so the team are continuing to work on that. So I think you can look to see us um, transact on on another target over the coming months. It'll either be again in Scandinavia, or we'll be looking in 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 sort of similarly secure jurisdictions. So we we you know we're also, for example, considering Canada um, as well. Okay. Um, But uh, so 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 Norway uh, that target we've got historical drilling. Of 40 to 70 meters from surface at one to two grams palladium equivalent. Looks looks really interesting. Um, And we're about to kick off geophysics there. So so this will be the first work that's been done there since the 70s. Uh, It's it's two outcropping intrusions, well mineralized, uh, with these sort of broad lowish grade, um, sort of one to two gram palladium equivalent, um, hits. But, but, but what we're interested in, we're seeing a lot of copper and a lot of nickel there along with the PGE. So we're going to run a, an EM survey there over these intrusions to see if any massive sulfide bodies light up. That we can drill test later this year.
1: So, how, how do you build up a, a PGE story? Okay, so a lot of the PGE stories that come on our show and talk to us about it, they get very excited because Palladium, Platinum, etc. The, the the data looks awesome, but it's a very small investor market for it because people, most people don't understand it. There's easier investments yeah. in precious metals or you know other battery metals. Um, how do you tell that story? And 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 if so, you know, how does that affect um, what you look for, whether it be elsewhere in Scandinavia or, or Canada, for the for the next target.
0: Okay, well, you're you're right. it, it is uh, it's less well understood. There's a smaller market. Um, you've had some great um, people come on recently on your show to to explain yeah. a lot of that. Now, from from our point of view, that Norway target <laughs> is very interesting. But what we're looking at there is is for high grade massive sulfide at depth, um, which which we think you know is what the market is looking for. It's what it's what larger companies are looking for. And, and, and actually what, what I want to come on to really is Finland, because where, Finland, um, this project stands out as very different to anything else in the market today. So the penny cap project is what we call a layered intrusion. It's, it's the same style of mineralization as you have in the bush in, in South Africa, the world's largest PGE producing region. Um, and these are very large and very continuous. And on our ground, we have outcropping 25 kilometers of, of mapped and sampled and drilled mineralization. So the important thing about these deposits is they're very continuous. They're formed basically by these, these, these PGE nickel copper rich minerals settling out on the floor of the intrusion and draping the floor over many, many kilometers. And we see that. However, it's only been drilled in 95 drill holes on our ground, but only to an average depth of 45 meters, but it shows consistently hitting this over, well, we have 10 kilometers of strike that have been drilled. Um, the grades are outstanding. Um, we don't see anything else like this in the market today. So, we recently resampled 28 of the historical drill holes, um, and we're getting multiple hits at 10 grams plus palladium equivalent. Um, and this is what sets us apart really from anything else in the market today. You, you, it is a niche industry, and, and, and all of the production comes really from the bushveld in South Africa, which are these narrow, high grade. Underground mines, predominantly. Um, a lot of there's some production in the US, but then you've got the major palladium producer in in Russia um, at 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 Norilsk. South Africa is struggling. Okay, the, the the mines are old. They're getting deeper. They're getting lower grade. They're being hit with power shortages, uh, labor issues, etc. So those mines are starting to starting to to struggle, for obvious reasons. Um, sourcing your palladium from Russia is getting more and more challenging, and less desirable. Um, so where do people go, go next? And, and everything else that, that is coming into the market on the junior, in the junior space is, is generally these lower grade bulk tonnage open pit type tug. You don't see those in production today. There are very few like that in production. Um, and, and that's why we like penny cap because it's, it's not one or two grams. It's five to 10 grams. Um, and it's consistent over many kilometers. And, and down dip, and what it allows us to to look at building is a mine that is absolutely alike the things that are in production today. So we're looking at an underground, fully mechanised, electric fleet operation that's producing a high grade quality concentrate that is similar to what is being processed by refineries and smelters in South Africa today. And, and that's what sets this project apart.
1: Okay, I, I buy the kind of scarcity uh, ar- argument, okay, um, for sure, you know, the, the demand numbers, like I said, we have people on the show to, 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 talking, certainly in the uh, cruxinvestor.com uh, um, private investor area, we've had people come on and explain how the market works. And I, 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 I get that. And <clears throat> what you've got laid out in front of you is indeed quite appealing. I understand, how do, but how do you play it, right? How do you play it in the context that the market doesn't really kind of get it, understand it, or um, and, and therefore you know maybe I say find, have easier investments uh, to, to make elsewhere? Because I like I like what companies like Rupert have Rupert um, Resources have done in um, in Scandinavia. They've they've worked out how to kind of tell their story. Obviously, that's that's gold. But they've worked out how to kind of Tell the Scandinavian story. They've worked out how to kind of create layers of, of, of stories. You you're in the advantageous position of having a ton of cash, maybe a little bit more if you if you offload Indonesia. How do you build this company up? Um, what do you need to do at Pennycat? Yeah. That, that's what I that's what I'm intrigued sure. by because people come and no, talk about potential all think. the time, right? I'm like, oh yeah. great. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sure. Well, I think it's through executing on the plan, you know, and what what
1: whereas maybe in the
0: gold space a drill hole can light up the market, here what we need to do is is show not one drill hole, drill hole after drill hole, developing and 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 and, and defining an ore body, um which we can then look to put some economics around with a PEA. And we're in a position today where we are fully funded to take this through to drilling, through to a maiden resource and through to a PEA. Without having to raise any more money. Okay, So that is how we will demonstrate the value in this project. And when, when, when we demonstrate that sort of value in an asset that is also situated in Finland, and, and you can stand on the project and, and look to the horizon at the town of Kemi. Kemi is the major northern port in Finland, where there's one of Europe's largest underground mines run by Oto Kumpu. So the Kemi chrome mine is, is, is on our doorstep. You've got a port, Uh, It's the major shipping port for all of the timber out of that region. So we've got all of the infrastructure we could need. It's a, it's an established mining district in the heart of Europe, uh, producing, uh, a critical, what is defined by the EU as a critical metal, um, outside of Russia and, and, and separate from those challenges that, that South Africa, um, are seeing. So, when you when when we demonstrate that through executing on our plan, um, you know, then I think the value will become evident. And and just to just to say that the the only thing really coming online at the moment that's similar is Ivanhoe's um plat reef project, also in South Africa. They just put out an updated um feasibility study. Um they've had to put a thousand meter shaft in to get to the top of the ore body. And at today's prices it has a four billion Dollar NPV after tax. We have a similar scale asset that outcrops, and it's in Finland. I mean, the the the, the potential of, of this project really is outstanding. And as I say, it's been drilled historically. We've verified that through our sampling. The last um, resampling we did has five drill holes over two kilometers of strike, each hitting between 1.6 and 2.6 meter intervals at 10 to 13 grams palladium equivalent at those grades from surface. Um, you know we, we 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 really see a very clear track to of we know how to drill this it's already there it, it laid out for us the, the exploration risk is small we know exactly what our drill plan will look like and we know how to take this and execute it through a, a resource and pea
1: okay you're fully funded to get 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 through to that point how long is that going to take you do you expedite well, matters, uh, or do you just you have a kind of st- steady flow of information that's going to come to market over the next what what period?
0: Well, so so the timeline is is more challenging. Um, it is it is a bit extended. So in Finland, uh, we have a permitting process that involves what's called a natura two thousand area, which is an area with a, a heightened environmental sensitivity. It's, it's the same as other entities are, are dealing with, such as Morsen in Finland or um, or Anglo American at Sakati now. Now Natura covers 16% of the EU's landmass. It's not a national park. It's not a, it's not a ban on mining. In fact, the, the council of, of Lapland, that, that regional government has, has recently announced that they support the development of mines in these areas. But it means that we need to do things stepwise in the right way. So we've just hired a head of sustainability. She's, she's Finland's leading expert on, on sustainable mining practices. She's come on full time with us to basically lead a permitting process, which is this summer uh, going through habitat and species surveys that get submitted with our drill plans later this year, and basically means that we should be permitted and ready to start drilling um, in the winter of 2023, so next 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 year. So there is an extended time frame of 12 to 18 months to actually get drilling on that project.
1: Okay, so, so in
0: the meantime, yeah, give me the meantime. Uh, well, so in the meantime, we've been. In the archives, we've, we've pulled out the historical core. We've verified a lot of that. We've got now, um, samples off for rhodium assays because we, we, we're seeing evidence that there could be some additional high grade rhodium just to, just to add to the, the value per ton of, of, of this rock. Uh, we're also going to be looking at some mineral, mineralogical studies and so on to give us some, some, some feel for metallurgy. So, so we can look, you know, we are looking at this not just as an exploration project, as a, as a serious development towards a PEA. And, and demonstrating that, that there's a viable mine
1: there, right? Um, in, just in terms of timing, right? So, say drilling potentially winter 2023, right? So yeah. more than more than yeah. a year away. You kind of got to keep that momentum going in the marketplace, where people lose interest, especially given the history, right? Not your fault, yeah. but yeah. given the history. Um, yeah. So, this the question earlier about M&A. It becomes, exactly. I suspect quite important to you because you need to, one, have a story to tell, but two, maybe it needs to be slightly more advanced than either of the projects that you're looking at in Norway and Finland.
0: That, that's right. So we do have Norway this year that will fill some of that gap. So we've got the geophysics kicking off in a couple of weeks and then uh, we're going to be drilling that this summer. So so there's activity there and there's a real shot at um, at a discovery. That, that's an incredible area. We have a large a large area with, with high-grade Intrusions and we also have these overlying sediments with, we've walked out 10 kilometers of, of, of these sediments with copper oozing out of them. Now we don't see that as the target, but what we're seeing there is, is prolific mineralization across a large district with evidence of these intrusions, um, which, which are the conduits for bringing in these types of massive sulfide copper So that's a really exciting exploration project that's going to go through that sort of quite classic, um, exploration sort of process of, of geophysics. Mapping and drilling this year. So that, that to some extent fills a gap. Right. But then the M&A, as you're saying, is, 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 is key for us as well. So we're not, we're not dragging our heels on that. And yes, it does need to be more advanced and particularly from a permitting point of view. So in all of our work, what we've done in terms of M&A is, is try to find that sweet spot where the, the initial discovery has been made, where, where we're seeing all grade material and, and our geological team with, with our expertise can see a geological concept for, for how that gets bigger, uh, for how we can add value. So we're trying to find that sweet spot where the the, the initial discovery is made, but, but the value through through resource growth um, and definition is, hasn't been done yet. So yes, we need to find and, and bring into the fold another asset that, uh, that ticks those boxes where we've got a clear starting point to put those first few drill holes into and expand on and keep a drill program rolling.
1: Yeah, and, and not overpay and not use up the free cash that you've got at the moment. Yep. So it, that's that's, that's yep. a balancing act, and, and there's going to be a lot of people in in the hunt for the same thing. One suspects, but at least you're in the region. Um,
0: yeah, it, I think I think we've shown us. That, you know, this deal. A lot of people have have looked at this and gone, "Wow, you know, in this market, how on earth did you get assets of that quality at that price?" Um, so we we do have. I think, you know, a seasoned team. If you look at our board, it is quite exceptional, the track record. I mean, John Carlisle led Newcrest's exploration outside of Australia, discovered the six million ounce Gosawang, um, district in, in Indonesia. I mentioned Mike Andrews and, and, and before, um, we've also got Tim Coughlin who discovered Amilsar with, um, with Lydian. And, and prior to that, he was the chief geologist for, uh, Anglo Gold throughout all of South America and, and is recently doing some great stuff with his company, Royal Road Minerals there. So, we, we've got a team that has, have the ability to identify, uh, and transact on, on opportunities. And we, we're nimble enough to do it. We're well cashed up. Um, but we don't have that sort of behemoth, uh, of a, of a business that, that can't move quickly on, uh, on, on assets. So we'll look to bring, bring another into the fold. And I think, um, you know, we, we, we have the capacity to take that on without impacting the potential on, on Pennycat. So. Pennycat, long term, if you can look out two to three years, we see that underpins ma- underpins massive value in Kings Road, um, and and we have huge confidence in that. We have ring fenced the money that we need to take that through a maiden resource, an updated resource, and a PEA. Okay, and in total, that is a two to three year process costing us ten to twelve million uh, Australian dollars. Okay, um, on. Uh, Norway, we've got a smaller program this year to see what that throws up and, and we'll see, you know, whether that continues or not. But in the first instance, we're going to spend between one and one and a half million to do that initial drill testing and geophysics there. And this leaves us after with three years GNA taken into an account with comfortably five million dollars to put towards drilling and advancing another asset. So we we we've, we've mapped that out um as i say we have that that underpinning of value with pennycat and then we've got further cash to come in which wasn't accounted for in that in that sort of back of the envelope uh, math um that that additional cash coming in from waylingo uh being sold right. so i think as i was saying at the beginning you know what i have tried to do here and without without Trying to overpromise or, or, or rush something here is, is, is put in place the building blocks for a successful exploration company, a real exploration company into the future. So team, cash, and project,
1: which is brilliant. And that, that lays. Uh, thanks for you know breaking down the the allocation of um, capital use proceeds uh, as it were. Um, you do have this massive overhang of again from 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 the past right you, you you've got a, a story to tell you have got some persuading to do you know if you look at that kind of ride down from 2018 to you know the the, the lows of you know mid mid 2020 uh you know it's been steadily increasing but you know your share price is today where it was f- you know 5 years ago right so you you've you got a bunch of probably not very happy shareholders as as an overhang here it would be reasonable that they would want out. Um, how do you turn the register over? Because you're going to need to do yep. that, which I presume is predominantly retail at this point, is it?
0: It is. It is predominantly retail. Um, our largest shareholder is our chairman. Um, he's bought a, his position of ten percent in the company. Um, we have a couple of other larger sort of holders, um, which are also high net worth. I would say a lot of that that. Churning through um, sort of legacy shareholders has has happened to a large extent through this year. So since since I and the rest of the team joined, we've more than doubled the share price from sort of three and a half cent to eight cent plus, and we've had significant volumes over the last six months. We've been trading um, two to five million shares a day, um, sort of two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars a day. So it's a, there's a lot of stock that's changed hands, and I'm very in touch with our shareholders and. We have had those trade out. We've had former directors and, and that sort of legacy group uh, have have been in touch with me, and they have traded out. And so, as I see it today, we have a core of legacy shareholders and new shareholders who are all really excited about the future of this company. Um, and so, um, I think we've been through a lot of that process. And these these guys see the story, they see what we're trying to achieve, and they're now in it for uh, for the long haul. Fabian. Thanks very much for today. Thanks very much, Matthew.